Hello. Welcome to Buzztown After the Buzzer. My name is Jack Purdy. I am the assistant sports editor at The Technique, which is Georgia Tech's student paper. Student newspaper, I should clarify. It is quite literally in print. Uh, this episode is about Georgia Tech's women's basketball game at Florida State last night, which was on February 24th of 2022. Uh, it's just me for this episode again. Uh, it was uh, it was it was a rough one. It was kind of heartbreaking. This was Tech's one of la- one of their last two games remaining uh, before the ACC tournament next week, uh, which at this point is the real focal focal point of the season, and where a lot of things can still be decided for the future of the Jacket team. For Florida State, Tiana England uh, was given her last was given a shot to start for Senior Day. Uh, she had had pot syndrome, and what they were saying on the broadcast didn't know if she would ever come back to play again. Uh, but they gave her a few minutes on the floor, and that was really nice to see. Uh, for Tech, it was obviously a must-win just because the skid had now reached uh, four losses in the last, or three losses in their last four games, including two overtime games, which they had split one and one, and which both of them they probably could have won. But this was another overtime heartbreaker for the Jackets. They lost 65-63 in this one. Uh, Denia Stratmane was back in the starting lineup, which was really nice to see, and this was also just a huge game for her in the second half. Uh, and offensively, she finally was providing the depth that we had seen earlier in the season uh, and that kind of gave this team a lot of a, 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 a 2016 Atlanta Hawks kind of style, just like one person can go and do what they need to do every night, um, kind of let others kind of take have the night off if it's just not their night, uh, which was hard when Dini was hurt uh, out for a couple of games or just not playing as many minutes and put a lot of that load on Sarah Bates. Uh, with not much bench depth, and so having her back was huge tonight to be able to start and play a lot of minutes. Uh, and Tech did start out well; they were up four after the first quarter, uh, but in that quarter they did finish two of eleven. Two of eleven shooting. Uh, Morgan Jones for Florida State was a huge threat throughout the game and made an impact pretty quickly. Um, Lodomai Lawton had a three-point play near the end of the quarter, but Jones responded. Uh, and that helped shrink the lead to be only four at the end of the first quarter. And then the second quarter was another second quarter where the Jackets did not seem to show up that well, uh, which has been starting to become a little bit of a pattern, unfortunately. Uh, there was Offensively, there was not really any momentum. It wasn't fluid. The ball handling wasn't great. Uh, and there just the creativity wasn't there. Uh, just a lot of the perimeter passing problems we saw when they played Miami, uh, and when they played at Virginia Tech, just weren't able to penetrate that well. Um, and there was a seven-minute scoring drought in this, so not as bad as the 10-minute scoring drought from the Miami game, but still just not a good one, and there's just nothing scoring. No scoring happening. It looked like they were going to score only six points uh, during that quarter, but thankfully they got an, they did score a little bit at the end. But in that quarter, FSC was able to go, and in part from the first quarter, they were on a 17-3 run. Um, and honestly, I think part of that also was due to who was on the floor for the Jackets. Uh, Nell was rotating in AC Aviance Carter. She was rotating in. Uh, even Bulane got a couple minutes in. Uh, Wone Arana got some minutes. And I think that was a lot of the reason why FSU was able to find some holes uh, and really just take advantage of who we had on the floor. Uh, Dinya and Mai were not on the floor for... Either one of them wasn't on the floor for a... a a decent amount of that run, which showed because when they were both on the floor in the second half, things changed a lot. Uh, and FSC was able to get to a 10-point lead with a minute 44 left in the second quarter. Mai did make a jumper at the end of the half to kind of keep it manageable. They were only down a touchdown, 28-21 uh, at half. I, it was better offensively. It didn't look like the dominant Yellow Jackets, of course. I mean, the second quarter wasn't great. Uh, Kubai had seven rebounds, but she had no points. Uh, but Hermosa really, importantly, was looking like she was 
Uh, she was more confident down low. She was going for the rim uh, and looking and just looking way way better than she had the last couple of games. The third quarter was a major turnaround. This was huge. Uh, Denia Stroudmane, she finally started her. She started scoring. She was on the floor the whole time. Uh, AC Carter, I think, was taking minutes away from Lily Love by the end. She put some real work in. She ended up being three of six and like put some good rebounds in and was helping out. She made a jumper. Uh, Tech was on a 15-0 run uh, that in that third quarter. FSU finally broke it at 38-32. Um, and this is where Sarah Bajetti starts to kind of play in as a killer for for against the Jackets. Uh, she brought Tech's lead to one at the end of the third uh, with a critical bucket for them, which made the fourth very much more interesting because Tech they, they were up six at one point and then couldn't hold that for uh, couldn't hold that till the end of the till the end of the third quarter, and then that helped the fourth set up to be a back and forth quarter. Uh, this the clock also had some problems this game three times it just randomly stopped or would just kind of like jump and so that was a that delayed some parts of the fourth quarter and in overtime uh, but it didn't really cause it wasn't it wasn't game changing in any way I would say uh, Tech got into offensive foul trouble in the fourth quarter they had two consecutive possessions with offensive fouls early which set them up poorly when it came to FSU being able to get to the line uh, the FSU won this game on free throws they had ten free throws by the end of the first half and they were still getting to the line throughout the rest of the game. Hermosa fouled out at 3.10 left in the fourth, which is a huge blow because she was, she was a really good paint presence, and she was still getting to the bucket, to, to, to the rim. Kubai, okay, scoring, this is, so this is where we get into that Hawks analogy I was making. Dina was able to kind of like take over some buckets that other people were getting. Kubai scored 24 last time we played Florida State. Tonight she, she made one point, uh, and she didn't even attempt a shot until a minute 49 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the final bit of the fourth quarter was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, FSU had the opportunity to take the last shot with 21 seconds left at 54-54. Uh, instead, uh, what happened? Bates kind of she ran into Pajetti at one point uh, on a pass. It was you couldn't really tell whose fault it necessarily was, but they called a foul on Bates. Pajetti made her free throws to make it 56-54. Uh, so Tech had the ball with 11 seconds to go, and uh, Ilya Love made a very quick bucket. Uh, to tie it up at 56 uh, with seven seconds left, uh, and then FSU actually made a ba- Jones made a bad pass, uh, trying to get rid of it to avoid an, a uh, backcourt violation. So Tech technically had the last shot, uh, but didn't really get it, make anything of it. So to overtime we went. Bajetti made another made her second three of the night, which was part of a little run that stretched Florida State's lead to 65 to 61. And then so but with about a minute left, Dina made a bucket. Uh, and FSU missed, messed up their timeout. Uh, the Tech did the same, had the same problem against, uh, I forgot who it was. They kind of did the same thing where they needed to advance the ball but passed it too soon. And FSU did the same thing. And so with 39 seconds left, they had to still go the full length of the court. Uh, and Bajetti ended up airballing. So Tech had the, another chance to tie with nine seconds to go. And instead, Love turned it over while trying to, while trying to uh, make a run for the rim up the right side. And that was about it at that point. So and that so Tech lost 65-63. Uh, for Lodomai and Dinya, they both had 16 points. Both both were great. Lodo I think was three at 13 at one point, but she got to the line a couple times and made it made some important made made important buckets. So maybe the stat line wasn't her best ever, but in terms of important buckets when we needed them, she was able to do that. She finished five of 18. Uh, Sarah Bates made her only three. That was her only shot of the game. Dinya made two threes. So. Three points. We were four, uh, six, four of eleven from three, so not bad at all. But maybe more opportunities would have been nice. Um, Bates was a negative seventeen and plus minus, which I think really showed in the second quarter. 
or not in the second quarter, but when Florida State was able to get some runs and when Dini just wasn't able to be on the floor or another starter, every FSU bench player was at least a zero. Like, no one, there was no negatives. The only negative players in terms of plus-minus on Florida State's roster were uh, their starters. Transition-wise, it was actually a better game for Tech. They, they The transition buckets were a problem offensively and defensively, and today was a lot better. I don't think they ran enough horn sets, which was something that the broadcast was mentioning, that they were just really unbeatable when they were able to do that. Um, but I think Hermosa being in foul trouble also played a part in why they weren't able to do it as much as they maybe would have wanted to. Uh, this puts Tech now at 19-9 and on the season, 10-7 and in the ACC, projected 7th in the ACC, in the NCAA tourney right now. All that, of course, will probably change uh, as the ACC tourney comes, and we'll see how they do. They'll probably they'll likely play a lower seed, assuming they win against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is definitely a beatable team for them. Uh, but they're going to need to make a run for sure in that tournament, which is all neutral site. So it's not like we're going to have to be struggling against NC State's very loud student section again. Um, but our last game is on Sunday, so it's in two days at Wake Forest, and then we will see where their seating is for the tournament that day. Hopefully they end up playing. They, we do not want the 7 or 8 spot. We want to get through the 5... They want, we want the fivers, yeah. We want the five or six spots so that we play a team that has already had to play the day before. Um, there is one Thursday game that is the first game for both teams. I think it's the nine eight game. So yeah, we want to have the six, five, six or seven seed, uh, which is very doable with the win at Wake Forest. Uh, and with that, that is all we have for this episode of Buzztown after the buzzer. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we will be back Monday morning. Uh, or Monday afternoon with the recap of the Wake Forest game and a little bit of preview for the ACC tournament.